Welcome back to the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KSLX HD 2 100.7. Your home, the Dan Patrick Show, live Monday through Friday from 6 to 9 a.m. The NBA regular season marathon has concluded, according to some. At least that's what they think. I might think that too. The fun begins this week, according to others. Uh, usually probably the same group of people. Out to the KDUS hotline we go. We're now joining the sports zone by Mo DeKeel of Bleacher Report and also The Athletic. And Mo, to me, following the NBA regular season, I think this year, at least for me, was difficult because of legitimate injuries and all the load management decisions. Am I in the minority that it was difficult to follow during the regular season or you really get enthused about the regular season? I don't think you're in the minority. I think this was a large problem for the season in general, um, and I think it's going to be an issue we're going to be dealing with for a while. I don't. Nothing has changed even in the new CBA that really makes me think that this is going to be an issue that's going to change all that much. Uh, it was It was tough. But in that also, we've had some – amazing stuff this season um just from the obvious drama but we had some we had a double overtime game go 176 175 like we had some real fun games (laughs) in the process that's very true uh speaking of fun let's get on to the postseason here the suns they'll meet the clippers in the first round eight games with kevin durant's what they ended up having and a full week of practice this upcoming week, is that enough for the Suns to be ready for the playoffs with a healthy Durant? And how important is that full week of practice for the Suns before they play on Sunday against the Clippers in game one? Well, I think the most important thing to remember is they also won 8-0 in those games, right? They didn't lose any of them. Mm-hmm. And right. Kevin Durant is on an unbelievable run. Um, he hasn't lost a lot of games this season in general, I don't have the number in front of me, but I know at one point in his last 25 games between Brooklyn and Phoenix, he was 23-2, and two, and I think that's probably even grown since then because he hasn't lost yet, and I think that's important. This week is massive for the Suns because it's almost like a mini training camp with Kevin Durant that they haven't been able to really kind of work into with the injuries and things like that. The one beauty of it is, He's probably the best player to have in the sense of put him in any situation and he'll produce. And I think that's one of those things where you could put him as the focal point of the offense, which everybody does and they should, and you could put him in situations where they put him on the weak side, which is something that they do from time to time, which Monty Williams does, and makes it difficult on defenses, and he'll knock down shots for you. He's probably their best defender right now, which is probably the biggest drawback for the Suns and that's going to be one of the bigger questions for them. But with how wild the West is, I could see them making it to the finals. There's, there's, every team has an issue, and I don't think the, the Suns are, are a team we can look at going, they're not going to make it. Speaking of issues, you know, the Clippers and the Paul George situation, uh, what's the latest you heard with him? And uh, if he's able to play in this series, how does he basically change the series possibly? I personally don't think he'll play in the series. It sounds like he's going to be out for the start of the season. Excuse me, start of the playoffs, uh, which means I think he'll be out for the first round. But if he were to come back, I think, and is healthy and back to normal, Paul George, that's a big boost for the, the Clippers, which I think gives them another wing defender that can also score on the other end. It becomes between him and Kawhi Leonard. They can take on Devin Booker and Kevin Durant at the same time, and really kind of challenge them. I think the harder issue for them is 
it's, it's similar to KD and the Suns. He hadn't had a lot of time playing with Russell Westbrook and Kawhi Leonard. Like when those three were on the court together, Clippers didn't look that good. And I think that's been, something that they got to take into account as the playoffs go and, and figuring those things out. But I don't think we're going to see Paul George anyways in Phoenix. <clears throat> Mo DeKeel, currently in the sports zone. We're looking ahead of the playoffs. And let's stay with the Western Conference. Let's uh, hit the play-in tournament. Tuesday night, the Lakers and the Wolves. The Wolves had the, the day from hell on Sunday, other than winning. Uh, Rudy Gobert uh, you know, punched Kyle Anderson. Jalen Daniels punches a wall and breaks his hand. Uh, first up, these could be two different questions, but should the Wolves and will the Wolves suspend Gobert for his actions on Sunday? Uh, I don't think they're going to suspend Gobert. I don't think that's going to happen, um, not with the play-in tournament. <clears throat> Coming up, and you know maybe it's just uh, regular season they would have suspended him, but now basically this is they have two games to make the playoffs right now, and right now is not the time to make a a, a big statement in that sense. And I think as long as him and Kyle Anderson can find a way to work together on the court, which considering what we saw on Sunday might be very difficult, they got to figure that out. I don't think they should. I don't think they will suspend him. I don't think they're. I don't think any team would in this situation that they're in right now. They would just work to try to figure this whole thing out. They'll give them a hefty fine, though. The Wolves uh, on Tuesday already without uh, McDaniels and yeah, maybe Nas Reed, who was actually injured when they played the Suns here a few days ago. Yeah, pardon me this is a dumb question, but uh, the Lakers, they've been winning some games here lately. Uh, how do you try to handicap this game tomorrow night? Well, I think you look at the Lakers as the favorite. I mean, at the end of the day, the the they don't have anybody that can guard LeBron. I think you do Anthony Davis and Carl Anthony Towns is kind of somewhat of a wash. I think the challenge for the Lakers is if they can, you know, kind of slow down Anthony Edwards, who was massive for them. I would have felt very different, Bob, about this game had McDaniels not broke his hand and stupidly punching a wall because he couldn't contain his own frustration. Um, and I think, you know, it's also Bull Durham. For everybody that knows, if, if Bull Durham, you never punch somebody with your pitching hand. You don't do it with your shooting hand in the NBA. Like, what are we doing here, buddy? Um, but I think this is a, a game where the Lakers will go in as the favorite, and I actually expect them to win. I think they've been on a good roll, and I think just seeing what we saw from Minnesota just, you know, Sunday, I can't imagine we're going to – I can feel confident about them pulling it all together by Tuesday. Always good to get a Bull Durham reference in there. It's very, very impressive. Okay, OKC against New Orleans on Wednesday night. What should we look for in that game? I mean, this is going to be a fun, fun, fun game. This is a battle of two young teams. Uh, no, obviously no Zion for the, the Pelicans. But I think when you look at it for OKC, I think this is a great growing up moment for them to kind of get a little bit taste of postseason basketball. This is this is almost a dead heat to me. I know the game's in New Orleans, but I think you have Shea Gilgis Alexander, who is going to make an All NBA team this year, and in my opinion, should make first team. The he 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 is going to be the guy that the, the Pelicans are going to have to figure out how to defend and how are they going to slow him down? Because he's been a scoring machine. He's going to probably drop something close to like twenty eight to thirty points in that game. And then I think at the other side of it. OKC's got to figure out how they're going to defend Brandon Ingram, who's been on hell of a tear. And I think he's rolling extremely well as the Pelicans, who probably shouldn't have been in this position 
got to remember, at one point this season, they lost 10 straight games. Like, this was a team that was really struggling with injuries and everything that went with them. I think it's going to be a dead heat. Like, for me, I can't call this one. I think what you watch for right now is just a battle between Shea and Brandon Ingram. Staying in the West, looking ahead a little bit, the Warriors and the Kings. The Warriors have been awful on the road this season, but San Francisco to Sacramento, does that qualify as a road trip? In the NBA, if you could take a bus, it's not a road trip. Uh, (laughs) They're they're not going to, obviously. But it'll be interesting in, in that sense. I think this is one of those series, I think the Warriors get off their their uh, road woes in this one and I think they beat the Kings and I think what I look at for this is I don't trust the Kings defense and as amazing as their offense has been I don't trust their offense because I think it's really just one or two notes it's not very layered and I think if the Warriors are able to take away like the dribble handoffs and 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 push out Sabonis on those catches to be on the three-point line it, their offense will fall apart, and I don't think the Kings have a secondary offense to go to. And I think that's really going to be the game right there. Is if the Warriors can slow them down on offense, this might be a pretty easy series for them. And it sucks because the Kings had an unbelievable year, and we should all enjoy it. But I, I, I think their Cinderella story is coming to an end. Is there a Mike Brown factor here, though? Obviously, he knows the Warriors. You know, I think we tend to play that up a little too much. This isn't the, the – there was a time when, and this is a little bit reaching way back, when Don Nelson was, you know, the, the dark whisperer, and then he went to Golden State. And Golden State played the number one seeded Dallas Mavericks and Dirk that, that year, and Nelson had everything on them, knew exactly what to do. I don't feel like this is the same situation, and I think sometimes we play it up too much. He knows what they want to do, but I'm going to be honest with you, Bob. So do the other coaches. Good luck stopping Steph Curry anyways. And I think that's kind of the challenges that you run into, and I think that those are the concerns there. So he might ha- he might help, but I don't think it'll be enough for them to take the series. Talking Western Conference playoffs with Mo DeKeel. The Nuggets staggered to the finish line. Is there a level of concern regarding the Nuggets heading into the postseason? And also, they haven't had the greatest postseason history. Yeah, I think part of the postseason history is they just haven't been healthy. The last time we saw this team healthy, they were in the conference finals against the Lakers in the bubble. And I think since then, they've just never been able to be healthy and, and full health. So I think sometimes we exaggerate the we, – we, we, we kind of hold them, the, the playoff history against them, which I think is a bit unfair when they weren't right and fully healthy. I think the concerns I have going into this playoffs is, yeah, they did not look good down the stretch it looked like they took their foot off the gas. And what I worry about sometimes is it's not always so easy to put it back on. And I think that's something we'll watch for. But in the first round, I think they'll kind of get their bearings and get going and, and back to it. So I'm not too concerned about them in the long run of things. In general, I am concerned about their defense. And I'm very concerned about the pick and roll when you put Jokic and Jamal Murray in it having to defend that. I, I think they're going to have a lot of challenges defensively. Meanwhile, the Grizzlies, with all the drama over the past few weeks, what's your postseason view of John Moran and Memphis at this point? Yeah, I think they've kind of flown a little bit under the radar after the whole John Moran suspension and and everything that went with that. I think they've kind of everybody's kind of just counted them out, and I don't fully understand why. I think the biggest concern is they lost 
Stephen Adams and, and Brandon Clark, and it was announced that Stephen Adams was going to be out for the playoffs. That's a big blow for them. They lose a lot of front court depth in there. And then the question becomes, can Jaron Jackson Jr. actually play center with the entire game and not pick up six fouls in like 20 minutes? That's really going to be what it comes down to. And I think that's important for them. But I think they're getting overlooked to a large degree. But it'll be, if we get a Lakers-Memphis first round, that, there's going to be a lot of fireworks there. And that's going to be a tougher series for Memphis, and I think they're really ready to admit. Lastly, I just don't want to totally slight the Eastern Conference here. We're going to get to them in a little bit, the extra point, I know. But, uh, you know, the, uh, the Eastern Conference, what are some of your top storylines in the East? I think it comes down to the impending battle of the Boston Celtics and the Milwaukee Bucks. I don't think Philly has enough. And I, but I think they're going to be trying to be the party crashers. I think that's the big storyline there. Because I think it's a, really a two-team race with the third team kind of trailing a little bit behind. I think that's the storyline for the Eastern Conference. I think you got to watch and see really what's going on with Chris Middleton's knee. He, he, he didn't finish a game recently with a sore knee, and they rested everybody the last game of the season. So let's see how healthy they are. And then for Boston, if they can kind of get – consistently Rob Williams and Al Horford on the court at the same time. Most of those guys, they've been kind of taking games off, you know, by, by turns. One would be out, the other would play. The other one would be in, and the other one would be out. So I think they're just kind of exploring in that sense. But I think that's the, the storyline in the East is really those top three teams. Last up, uh, is everybody in the East, are the top four teams, are they rooting for Atlanta to get Miami just out of the way on Tuesday night? Oh, gosh. No, Boston's dying for that. Boston's praying for that just because the pure fact. And it's not that I think Miami can upset them or beat them. Playing the series with Miami is going to be extremely physical, and they will just physically beat you up. You might win that series, but you're coming away with new bruises. Somebody's probably going to have a cut on, you know, there's going to be stitches somewhere. It's, you're going in for a dogfight. So I think everybody is rooting for Atlanta and then whoever plays them in the nine, in the, uh, the loser leaves town match. Thanks, Mo. Always appreciate it. Well, thank you for having me. Mo DeKeel of Bleacher Report in The Athletic. In the next segment, it'll be phone call time, 602-260-1060, and also today's local roundup. You're listening to Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KSLUX HD2 100.7.